0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast, 449's After After Show! Show.
2: The party podcast doesn't sing together. Figures. What kind of party is that? It's not much of one. (laughs) I mean, they've got, like, good information, especially about the FPO game and stuff. Mm. Which is why I listen... Probably do
0: research.
2: (laughs) Well, that's that. it's got time for that. I don't know, but... They don't sing. Well, then I ain't listening. Again. Still? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I, I I like to listen to the party podcast because I, I don't feel there's enough uh podcast about the FPO division specifically. Yeah. We tend to focus well, most podcasts tend to focus on MPO. You know, uh, we all kinda had dip our toes into FPO as well. We we try to keep it relatively equal, but they are focused strictly on FPO and I like hearing their perspective. So if if you enjoy the fpo game which i know a lot of you do uh the party podcast because the ladies of the chains haven't really Mm. they, they haven't been as regular as they were at one point so this has filled my fpo niche well that uh where can they find that johnny you can find that on any podcasting app or if you want to watch it you can go to dgn but you can get it now on any podcasting app which is why i've started listening to it again I used to try to make time to watch it, but I ain't got time for that. Mm. Set aside time to go to DGN. DGN's great, but not for my podcasts. Hmm. I need to hear them. I can listen to them whenever I want. And I will say this. They keep it to a a tight 30 minutes. Literally. What
0: are they doing? So they don't sing and they keep it to 30 minutes. I don't know.
2: I don't know either, but...
0: That's two strikes (laughs) for me.
2: It works great because I will start it on... As I leave my driveway, mm-hmm. and it, it is almost always wrapping up as I pull into my parking spot at work. Mm. It's almost the exact 30 minutes I get one full podcast in. So, man, what a novel idea! It's hey, we do that just for long haul truckers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we do that. We just give you an entire week's worth of commuting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get a week's worth of commuting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I think one thing we can be a little bit more diligent on, and we'll, uh, I, I, Johnny or I could tackle this. Is I lo- I do like the idea, especially on a night like tonight where we had course the podcast in general will be long if you listen to it uh, in its entirety but a night like tonight a great example is just trimming out and releasing separately uh, the Paul Macbeth conversation where we can just take that put this right back here on the sure. channel and then release it uh, you know with really just start I've, to finish nothing but that I've interview.
2: done that a little bit with some interviews I did it with Ricky I did it with Gannon sure um, I maybe I'll do it with Paul as well usually if if I if it's a nice clean Cut with 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 a with a interview that I think a lot of people are going to want to listen to. Mm. I will try to pull that don't, out. Don't gatekeep people. I,
0: Let's give them all to them.
2: I I do gatekeep though a little bit. I'm not gonna lie.
0: Uh, speaking of nice clean cuts and uh, edits, wee! you'll be so proud of me. No, I won't. Uh, <laughs> not for the first part. So this weekend, I just want to give a little quick behind the scenes. Um n- n- Nate Perkins and I, ultimately, first of all, big shout out to Nate. He he essentially insisted that he joins me again on the mic, and I. So you're saying he forced his way uh, into your uh,
1: pot, into and you. he forced himself <laughs> on me. He oh, that's different.
0: Uh, he last year asked the same. He said, "Hey, can I join you?" And I said, "Yeah, I'd I'd love it." And I say this all the time. I usually do solo. Only because of timing and or because it's a, it's a huge hassle uh, to get someone, especially if I need to record in the middle of the night, right? Well, uh, last year, Nate and I ended up doing uh, the commentary. It was really gracious of him. We had a great location to do it uh, because we had an extra hotel that was getting used by some cameramen. So that's how we could pull it off every day. It still had its challenges, but we we made it happen. Thanks again, largely to Nate's flexibility. This year, he said he'd like to join again. I said, great. I'd love to take you. That'd be awesome. And just some of the logistics of where and when to be able to actually record is what became more challenging because I was trying to have a concerted effort to do FPO and MPO releases both on the next day. How'd that work for you? Big Mistake number one, right? That again, until I have more editing power, that's just not humanly possible to do both rounds of coverage, and to do the commentary on them, and to then be responsible for the rendering and uploading. Just as a, a as a reference point, yes, Jomez is finding ways to pull this off. Weekend and week, they out. also have a very large crew. They're multiple p- editors, remote people, different commentators uh in, in that they have two people sit down that are are not part of the production they uh, other than commentating i mean i'm hearing a lot of excuses i was just going to say i'm not making excuses i'm i'm giving though the 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 logistics of it that is how they can do it uh and it largely starts with sounds like m- multiple editors and so uh, nate and i had recorded we did a quick test right before getting started. Everything was fine. We did the test, and then we recorded. I don't even remember. I'm truly losing track of when this was. This must have been Saturday, uh, Saturday morning. Yeah. Paul Macbeth lent us his RV space uh, because we didn't want to do it in the house, so I met out, uh, Nate Perkins. I was editing till like 6 a.m. We met out in the RV in the driveway at 9 so that we could do commentary on the men's coverage. FPO was already done. And we did the recording, and uh, I got it all rendered out, did all this other stuff, got it posted a little bit later that day, which was a challenge finding good internet. We get it posted, all just to find out that the back nine, the Kogi returned. The font issue that I had for nine of the holes at the memorial returned after I had it fully posted. And what you guys were seeing was some crazy either either it's just a crazy font and or it's uh, a font of another language or something I or a combination i don't know well what when a
2: computer can't read a font it it defaults to like an like an ascii kind of thing just like a default um it's more or less wingdings i mean sure. because it, it can't read the font and your it sounds like your uh, editing software for whatever reason couldn't talk to adobe's server to authenticate a font that you had or it was pulling the font from online which if you didn't have an internet connection at the time when you did it when you rendered it out maybe it couldn't grab it to render out that font is what it appears to be
0: something of that nature yes
2: which is crazy because or you're using the dvorak keyboard (laughs) keyboard layout
0: yeah so uh of course i didn't notice this uh well when it had happened when we rendered it got it uploaded and just to be clear for everyone out there on average if i'm just using a generality on average you're usually looking at about an hour to render out and export where your computer's virtually useless you're looking on average about an hour for it to render nine holes and then again depending on your internet connection it can be anywhere from 10 minutes to 3 hours and 10 minutes to upload nine holes again that's always internet dependent so when there's an error that that's truly not that's not fixable it's a major decision to say I'm going to pull this down. I've maybe already linked to it. I've maybe already tweeted about it. I've already put it out there to pull something down to then replace it. It, it it rips your soul out as a, as a YouTube creator of any kind. It's just the worst feeling in the world, especially if it's been out there and some people have seen it and are, are linked to it or anticipating it such as coverage. So Saturday night, that's what I ended up doing after I did commentary with Ellen on round two I then made the decision, oh, my God, this is terrible timing, but I'm going to turn it down. I'm going to pull down round one's back nine and then ultimately replace it, putting me a few hours behind schedule. I'll fast forward. Another challenge, this and that, lots of editing, blah, 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 blah. We do round two's commentary on Sunday morning for what was round two that happened on Saturday. So Sunday morning we're doing round two's commentary. Everything's fine. We do it. I go to get it ready, to get it rendered, to put online. There's something wrong with the first couple of holes of Nate's audio. Like, I think he, with faulty wiring of mine, I think he's accidentally moved the mic so it didn't sound the same as it tested 30 seconds prior in testing when it sounded fine. I think there was a something bad with the cable. Sure enough, three holes in, he, like, must have adjusted the mic slightly because, boom, crystal clear. Sounds great. It's back. It's normal. And you couldn't just re-record the, the three holes? Not when this was realized yeah. a half a day okay. later, okay. right? And we're trying to fight to get these out. So I, I'm able to mess with the audio a little bit to get it all ready to go for the front nine. Back nine, similar, except for it's like six of the nine holes. Oh. And, and he's not even audible. Yeah. Like in the front nine, he was audible. It was just a little low. So I apologize. In the back nine, it was like he was muted for six holes. So, again, at that point, you're redoing it. That's 45 more minutes of commentary. That's another hour of rendering, and that's another hour of uploading. I, here's where you'll be most proud, Johnny. Okay. Those two cables connected to my really expensive microphones, those two XLR cables have been thrown away. Well, thank you. So this will not ever happen again with those two cables uh, I just tossed them. I don't know if one was more bad than the other. It doesn't matter because they they look identical. They were both just tossed in the trash. So that particular problem with those cables can't happen again.
2: One of the things I've told, I used to tell our camera guys when when Smashbox kind of ran the show, and I think I've even mentioned to the camera guys on the tour, if if there's ever an issue with a cable... Take it out, cut it in half. Every time, just cut the cable. You don't ever want to like wrap it up and set it somewhere like, oh, I'm going to throw that away in Mm. a garbage and then have somebody else grab it. Oh, I can just put this away for you. Just literally cut a cable in half when you're rendering (laughs) it useless, rendering it useless. Just just get rid of it. I don't ever want to see it again. It should never it should never, ever make its appearance. Cables are in general cheap and replaceable in general, you know, depending on the, the type of cable. Did you make sure to get the ones with the gold tips, though, for the better audio sound? Yeah, yeah, those uh, <laughs> the monster
0: the, the monster, monster XLR cables. cables. Yes, those were the uh, those were the uh, top sellers at Best Buy back in nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. So also as and what this really also drives home, I I said it today. Maybe you you captured the frustration within the Instagram story when I posted it, but because I had a different issue. You know, we're always learning. <laughs> What I also learned from this weekend is I, I am done with these. So if you can see right here, in your, in, no. if you're watching, the, the, I'm done with the arms. The arms, the boom Because arms. that also was part of this issue in I that think, he adjusted the arm, and then that's what ended up shorting the cable. And I, let me be one million percent clear. I'm not blaming uh, Nate Perkins for any of this. I'm just saying what happened. And here's why I mean this. I, I for the last yeah. year or so, have been have been traveling around the the country, using these really nice arms, just like most podcasters do. The challenge challenges in, uh, include mounting them.
2: Yep, because you have to have a certain thickness of table. You have to have a little bit of overlay on the table,
0: things like that. You would you and, would yep. cry if you saw how difficult these were actually to mount in almost every place you go. This table's perfect. I know. That's one of the reasons. One in a thousand. Because every other place, they're really difficult to mount. Secondly, they're super heavy. So they're taking up a lot of weight in my suitcase because I have to carry them with me. And then um, lastly, the alternative that I'm going to go to is just going to become a headset. So just like you see myself or Ian or Philo or or whomever, it's going to be a headset that will then have a microphone in front of it, just like we use every single weekend because you need a headset anyway to listen to the commentary or listen to the what's going on on here. And then you need a a good microphone. So although there's a, a, I'll say they're a tad clunky maybe to pack along and carry, they're going to weigh a lot less and they're going to solve two, two or three problems in one.
2: You're going to be getting, and, and I'll say this just as a, uh, nitpicky slightly less good audio out of them
0: slightly hopefully because it's negligible and hopefully they, it's worth I, the payoff of what they're going to provide in agreed the i think all your cover. advantages
2: are going to outweigh the downside i mean whenever you have a, a nice condenser mic like this it, it's generally yeah it's generally, generally going to sound better it's it's going to come through better it's going to filter better all that other stuff you you get that headset it it can sound, it can cut some frequencies out, we'll say. But I think most people won't care. Most people won't notice. I'll never l- listen to one of your
0: podcasts or uh, shows again. Yeah, well, <laughs> then that's a win in my book. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I anyway. don't listen now. <laughs> uh, exactly. So that those were some of the stories and challenges. I, I had a bad cable. I had I literally had a hard time getting these arms mounted every because I was setting up and taking down studios in various places throughout the weekend. You know, if, in this situation, there's, when and there's they're and they're not moving, this this there's, is great. But and there's also downsides to having it on the table
2: because then you can you know people put their hands down. You can sometimes hear, hear some additional hear noise. additional noises and yeah. things like that. It's further away from there. From from their mouth from it their can mouth be less
0: consistent exactly
2: so having the headset I believe is the best route for you
0: so good job all part of the learning process so that that will be my next very significant purchase the bad news is if you're talking about a quality version of those headsets Ooh. like a, a a good quality I'm not talking the best by any means because I'm not buying them for thousands of dollars. But if you're talking about a good quality set of those headsets with
1: microphone,
2: minimum, two hundred dollars. Probably closer. The good ones are probably like two ninety nine. Yeah, and then you have to worry about people that complain about how uncomfortable they are to wear. We've heard we've heard that from different uh, commentators that certain headsets. Because for a while the Pro Tour had two different styles. They had sure. like, uh, audio Sennheiser and, Sennheiser and Audio Audio-Technica, Technica, and there were some of them that. Some commentators didn't like because they didn't feel comfortable on their ears versus other ones. Some commentators like the other ones and not those. It's, you know, you're, and again, you're not going to have to deal too much with this because they're not going to be wearing them for, yeah, for four to six, four to five hours. They'll be wearing them for, you know, a half hour at a time, 45 minutes. Then they can take them off, take a nice little rest, put them back on. But I get you. I get you. I feel you, bro.
0: So, uh, that's way more. Behind the scenes, just get him some beats talk. by Dre. But uh, that that is that was all part of the weekend, and and I'm just I'm just done with the idea of taking these. As much as I really love the idea, if I if I'm traveling solo, I have no problem necessarily. As le- I have less of a problem bringing this arm and going that route. But I think when it's all mm-hmm. said and done, it's just gonna be easier to to move on to headsets. unfortunately, I'm still gonna have to travel with this uh, mini mixer mm-hmm. uh, in order to plug in multiple headsets, but. I, I'm actually kind of excited to, I'm excited to price them out. I'm not excited to pay for them, but I am excited to get them and hope that this is a, a comfortable solution moving forward for any on the road. And, I, and you know, again, not excuses, but I think of, I've been in the GK Pro uh, RV. It's great because they, Do they use headsets. Yeah, they use okay. headsets and they, but they, lo- they're always in the same spot. Yeah, their commentators for years are in the same spot time and time again. There's a consistency there that they've been able to build in for a long time. And me trying to do commentary in six different places over three different days this weekend, um, it just presented a different challenge every time. So I'm hoping to address mm-hmm. some of the obstacles and yeah, hurdles. Get, that
2: get whatever they have because I've listened to the GK Pro stuff. It sounds fine. I, I never would have guessed those are headsets. Yeah. So yeah. that's great. Get whatever they have. No, I can't afford that. But I, I also do, Pro. <laughs> do, do you record right to the file or do you have a separate recording?
0: So uh, I have recorded uh, right to the actual timeline and Dangerous. obviously there's advantages and disadvantages to that as well. And I think the minimum of what I should be doing is if I'm recording that timeline, I should also be recording to some kind of backup device as well mm-hmm. Is what I really should be doing. But that'll be my next set of complaints in a couple months. (laughs) When it didn't record.
2: (laughs) When you didn't record. Yeah.
0: No, there's no way I could do it without, by not recording. Correct. So that I don't have to worry about, but Hmm. I also should have been monitoring. That's the other lesson. I should have been monitoring what Nate was saying rather than just doing a quick test and then us being good to go Mm -hmm. after a test. If we had live monitoring, then I maybe would have heard some of those issues in the first place. Maybe. That's true. Who Someone uh, Keith
2: Vance asked, Terry, have you been eating powdered donuts? Or is your beard
0: getting more gray? I was going to say, am I getting fatter <laughs> still? Um, I, no. I, I think I I admitted this not too long ago, somewhere. Maybe it wasn't publicly. <laughs>
2: uh, just admitted it to himself. His
0: support group. I officially have uh, – this. this camera's not doing it. Good. Let's keep this camera. I know I, <laughs> it's, it's the officially special coloring started graying, getting more gray. And I feel like they've come on very strong I, in the last few months on the sides. Right. Mostly still. Yeah, on the on sides, because, but a little bit on the top. Not going to lie, Terry.
2: And I didn't say anything when we all hung out for uh, shared birthdays. Watch your mouth. Uh-huh. I was sitting next to you just like this as we were chatting. And your daughter is on this side. We chat with her and I turn this way and I could see more. And I wasn't 100% sure if it wasn't just, it was a little darker in there. And I was like, huh. mm-hmm. "Like, but those are, those are spotting there, Ter.
0: Those are spotting. They are. And I, uh, I'm here for it. I, yeah. As I've always said, I feel very fortunate to have the, uh, the thickness <laughs> everywhere. I have The thickness. and
2: Thickness from <laughs> head to toe, Ter. You betcha. <laughs> uh, uh.
0: But yes, I, um, but, I, yeah, it feels like it's going in. It's definitely coming in a little it's bit. It's been coming there yeah. for a while. Uh-huh, but, uh huh, but a little more pronounced. All right, so fa- very, very valid question. <laughs> uh, but no, I have not uh, been eating more donuts. Uh, that much I have. not. Powdered do. donuts specifically, any though. donuts for that matter. Uh, Neither have I, which is
2: really sad because I'm I'm a donut guy. I love donuts. Yeah, you do. Like I really like. It's. I would say if I have a sweet tooth for anything, it's a good donut. Um, a, usually just like a Long John, no filling, vanilla. Or a ring donut with vanilla on it. Maybe some sprinkles sometimes, Yeah. not usually. Some jimmies. Some jimmies. Yeah, yeah. Um, not the really not, not like the really hard, crunchy ones that are shaped like some weird like St. Patty's Day thing. Yeah. Just got to be your straight yeah. jimmies. Yeah. But I am a sucker for donuts, and when we move to this place, the Sendix around the corner, not great donuts.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that could be which which man. is
2: to my advantage, and even. The pick and save, which normally has really good donuts here on the north side or on the on the north side of town, this pick and save not great because a good donut is a, a little bit uh, almost oily in the in the uh, the base of it and the top cream has to be soft and not like when you bite oh, in yeah. it, it shouldn't crack yeah, yeah, and, cr- and crunch cross. and and unfortunately both places up here have them like that unlike the one down the pick and save on the South side of town, which I thought had the best donuts in town. So I, I I've moved away from my donut place, which means I've been doing a lot less donuts and almost no donuts for the last. I, I won't say none, but almost none for the last year and a half. Occasionally I'll swing by and just be like, ah, I could go for one. And then I order one four dozen. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, uh, it's, it's again, instead
0: it's uh it's smoothies now. I'm just it, loading up on smoothies. I like it. Uh, Chocolate covered Long Johns, he says. All right, here's what I will. Uh, I'll, I'll try and go through actually relatively quickly The uh, how I'm a Cubs fan, even though Johnny V and I, again, for perspective, we're, we're in the Milwaukee area right now, of course, where the Brewers are. We both grew up approximately two hours north of here, just south of Green Bay. Uh, so definitely Brewers being the closest and the home state team to us. But how I became a Cubs fan, uh, a multitude of reasons. First and foremost, at that time, this was uh, mid to late 80s, Every day when you came home, the Cubs run WGN. They had a 105 mm-hmm. game, which they meant when I got in from school, and they didn't ever play night games back because then. They didn't have lights until 1988. So uh, I've got the card. So do I. <laughs> <That> score, <laughs> the score, score uh, the score, the lights came on. Yep, or whatever. Exactly. So uh, the Cubs uh, played in the afternoons. WGN, which is a semi-local station. When you live in this general area, I guess it's nationwide. But it's anyway. nationwide, but but it was definitely available. You had to turn a little dial on the actually on the cable box to get to it. But WG GN Channel 9 every day. And then Harry Carey, (laughs) Will Ferrell may do a good Harry Carey, but the real Harry Carey was clearly uh, iconic uh, for so many ways and reasons. So uh, always on when I came home. I played a lot of baseball as a kid. I played first base, and I was a decent baseball player, maybe to some surprise. But uh, you came home in the afternoons, so the Cubs game was always wrapping up, or 6th, 7th inning, whatever, because I was home just before 3 o'clock. The Cubs at the time, and still are, were in the National League. Mm-hmm. And that was just truer Which, baseball to me. I just once I even understood the the, the, the concept of a of a designated hitter, I just thought it was stupid, and I to this day think it's stupid.
2: Well, I get it. There is no it's such thing stupid. as a designated hitter now, uh, only because everything is a designated hitter. They don't even both leagues now.
0: So stupid. Uh, I I hated that though, and at that time, a, a little bit more. The Cubs uh were in the National League. Meanwhile the Brewers the Brewers at the time American well, sorry, League. were in the American League, so the Brew uh I'm sorry, the Brewers, yes, like the Bucks largely at that time frame, twenty some years ago, things have changed. But the Brewers and the Bucks. Irrelevant. Uh not just irrelevant, but I never heard my dad screaming in jubilation at the AM radio, <laughs> right? Like it, we, it was we were always yeah, we were a little frustration too old. and disappointment. Because, you know, if he was yelling about yep. the Brewers, even though Bob Euchre was calling the shots and we had Paul Molitor and Robin Yount and Raleigh Fingers and all, you know, whatever, some of the greats, mm-hmm. the Brewers, outside of what, 83, which uh, I was only five the
2: years er- old The early 80s were, were better for the Brewers. I mean, they went to... The, the series yeah, the in eight eighty two 82 and then yeah. outside I mean, of that. So, and we were only four. Exactly. We were too young for that. So, so during our prime years, they yeah, sucked.
0: Th- exactly. So another reason uh, I, and I, that was very true of both the bucks and the brewers yeah. in the mid eighties, a little bit of the Packers as well. Uh, oh God, the
2: Packers sucked.
0: M- Don Mikowski, Randy, Wright, uh, The only two other yeah. Packers quarterbacks, the Packers,
2: Literally- the Packers stunk until basically Mikowski And we kind of were then just mediocre. And then when Favre came in, Favre
0: came in. So uh, I always say I never heard my dad yelling (laughs) positive things about uh, Bucks or Brewers games on the radio when we're in the car uh, when that's largely how you watch or listen to games. Uh, So for all those reasons, and then uh, last but maybe not least, uh, my aunt lives in a suburb of Chicago. I always, even to this day, equate so many amazing memories that when we traveled from up in the Appleton area down to Illinois, this is <laughs> down to Illinois. It usually either meant I was going to my aunts, who I have just fond memories of being at their house and hanging out with my cousins and aunts and uncles uh, at their place, and or going to Illinois meant you were going to Great America, uh, Six Flags Great America. Those are the two main; those are the only two reasons almost you exclusively left when you were a kid. Yep. In the eighties or early nineties, the only two reasons you left. Wisconsin and went into Illinois, um, were for some kind of sporting event, possibly, or mm. maybe the Shed Aquarium or something of that nature. Maybe. Or usually though Great America. Great and America. Great America barely is, over the border. It's just, is, yeah, is just ten minutes south of the of the Illinois Wisconsin border. So it didn't even feel like Chicago or Illinois. It's nope. but that was that was the exciting place to go. So in general I had all those fond memories of Chicago and Illinois, the Bulls happen to be in their prime in the mid- early, early you know, early yep. to mid nineties. Also a time when I'm collecting uh cards and well and, and the mid eighties, like Jordan came yeah, on and and in then, like eighty six four eighty five, something like that. Why I didn't like then ultimately turn around and like the the Bears. Uh no particular reason, um, because like I said, the Packers weren't great either. I think actually the Bears were largely better at that time yeah, frame. Mid eighties for but, sure. Um so those are all the reasons. <laughs> I think that's everything. But that's truly why. And it's clearly because I wasn't a bandwagon fan, because we all know that the Cubs for 108 years uh sucked and then just won one World Series in 2016. So it wasn't that, but it was just there's there's so much it it felt like such true baseball when you talk about mm-hmm. Wrigley, the Ivy, the yep. brick wall just you know and i know people it's it's not the the most up to date park in fact it's the opposite but just there's this nostalgia and this feeling of like hardcore uh baseball and and uh, i mean tradition it's kind of dumpy
2: yeah no, a little yeah, bit like course. it's it's getting better they're remodeling and things and that but compared to newer stadiums like you go you go to uh i'm going to call it miller park even though it's not miller park anymore it's amfam field um you go to uh, amfam field Even that's twenty years old now, but it it is a much nicer experience as far as where you sit and you know the restrooms, the restaurants, the you know the the activities for kids that maybe don't want to sit and watch the game. And there's just so much more to do there than there is at Wrigley. But it's it's a different experience when you when you go to these. Also, not
0: walking to Amfam uh park really <laughs> for the most part you're not walking Correct. to Milwaukee I mean there's clearly something very special about Wrigley for yeah. the setting and the the community yep. in which it's in so those are all the reasons um why and 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 similarly you could say the thing same things even though uh I, I had gone to one of um a, a couple of early uh White Sox games at brand new Comiskey at the time because that's where my cousin happened to get free tickets too. So we went when we were down there visiting all the same reasons I didn't fall in love with the White Sox as opposed to the Cubs is because they too were in the American mm. league, which still had which, no interest to me,
2: which I think I've mentioned this before. I didn't grow up a Brewers fan. Um, I was more of a Red Sox fan and the same, <laughs> same issue with the Cubs. They weren't winning back then, sure. but for whatever reason, when I started collecting baseball cards, I latched on to, Wade Boggs. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you, why wouldn't you, he was just a very, he was always like that really solid player, 300 hitter. Never, not much, not many home runs, Great
0: mustache, great mustache. He, he, he he
2: was the, he was for whatever reason, the guy that I was like, I think I got like a bunch of his cards. And so I was like, Oh, this is my guy. And when you're 11 or 10, you know, him, Mike Greenwell, oil cam Boyd, you Mm -hmm. know, you start collecting them. And it wasn't until I kind of probably was like 13, 14, and I believe it was right around then the Brewers made the move over to the National mm. League. Maybe it was a little later than that. But anyway, um, it wasn't until I kind of was like, oh, you know, cards don't interest me anymore. Sports teams do that. I switched over to being a Brewer fan again. And I would never disliked the Brewers because they had Molitor and they had uh, Yount. And uh, but I just I wasn't a huge Brewer fan back uh, back in the day. I would listen to them. You know, just like any baseball team, but I was a bigger Red Sox fan for a while. For a few yeah. for a few years.
0: No, and, and it's funny because if we really think about it, like you just alluded to, card collecting, whether it was their value or their look or their picture or or whatever, mm-hmm. card collecting largely could shape and mold your yeah. your perception and your affiliation, right? Uh yeah, and, and maybe there's some similarities to disc golf right now. For so long, Innova has largely held the the majority of the collectability and collectible value for, for many years for discs and it was harder to find uh a multitude of very expensive collectible discs that weren't from Innova hmm. and maybe in a similar way cards kind of help shape and mold either a team or a particular player that you liked uh, there was probably some of that that um you know just think about when Bo Jackson you know was the duo athlete of doing football and and baseball, and then you were looking at his cards and the cards. Oh, that the black volume. and white card with the bat, yeah, on the yeah, shoulders. Exactly. I mean, knows Bo knows. So all of those types of things could help shape and mold. And if you loved Bo Jackson, maybe it didn't matter if he played for the Royals or or whatever team. You possibly just became a fan of that person, and it, yeah, it's just it's so funny because obviously those are all way pre internet days and just a totally different conversation. But hanging out at a card shop. Has some similarities today to what we get out hanging out at a disc golf shop, you know, similar like-minded people, sometimes with nothing better to do but sitting around talking about the current day's, uh, we, you know, s- situation and and tournaments and and games or whatever. It's, it's we clearly really quite- need the
2: Beckett Baseball Card Monthly of discs. Ah, uh, yeah, and uh, be- because I, I truly, there isn't really truly a a good standard. I mean, again, one of the things that we used to love as a kid was every couple months, you'd get a Beckett baseball card monthly and you'd open it up and you'd look at all your favorite cards and what they were worth. If they went up five cents down five cents. Oh, look, I've got this, I've got this error card and it's worth $3. And And next week it's worth 50. And in two months, it's worth 30 cents, 30 cents again. And I think it would be really cool to be able to have some sort of Central location doesn't truly have to be a magazine, obviously, uh, for an estimated cost for discs. And I know it's very subjective, but again, we have subjective. It was the same for cards because you had mint condition cards sure. and near mint similar to discs. I I, I want to go there and look up, oh, how much is a first run buzz right now? Is it eight? Is it $80? Is it 120? Mm hmm. Is it you know? Is it is it going for two hundred and twenty this month for whatever reason? And watch those fluctuate. And I know that'd be very difficult in the, in today's day and age with as many discs and molds and versions and plastics and whatnot that come out. But it 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 can be difficult for people who maybe have a a back stock of discs to see what those are worth without trolling a ton of different collectors groups. So am I going to go to the buzz yeah. collector group? Oh no. Yeah, am i going to go I mean, to the Chris Dickerson buzz collector group. Oh, am I going to go to the Paul Macbeth buzz collector group? And it's just, it's, it is a pain in the ass, but I understand the, the concept.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's so much, I don't know if it's more volatile or not, but regardless uh, it's, it's funny. I've never thought about those similarities in the time spent at the card shops. Versus now, the time spent mm-hmm. at a disc golf store, and because and,
2: the the best part is the card shops were laid out like disc golf shops are now. They had yeah. rows of singles that you could like finger through and be like, "Oh, here's one, or here's one." And yeah. they had a few of them in a glass case, yeah, the real, really valuable, you, the ones from the sixties and seventies yeah, that you didn't yeah. normally touch, or maybe you know if if it was a little bit later, you your your leaf or your upper deck, the first you know series of those. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it, it
0: is very similar. Uh, I, I Not too long ago, I went by in Appleton uh, when I was up there, uh, the card shop that I used to go to. It's, the one in college? Uh, no. Oh. Uh, it was off of Pacific, uh, not far from where I lived, which couldn't have been too far from one of your houses, off of Pacific and uh, near Oneida and Pacific. Uh, I can't remember. Okay. I, I'll have to look it up. But anyway, uh, just the memories, you mm-hmm. know, and like I said, yeah. See, my car, the card shop I went to
2: was on college like right near college in Richmond there was a card shop kind of on the corner there um, almost where the Mm. the uh, I think it was maybe next door or maybe it even replaced it the (laughs) uh, the Halloween store Remember you know where the Halloween store is? Kind college of college
0: right? and rich men. Yep. Huh. up by Good Company.
2: Yeah, up by Good Company. Like just right around the corner from Good Company, there was a there was a, a card store know. that I would go up there. I'd bike up there, and it must have sucked because I didn't go there. Well, you, you know you didn't uh, <laughs> clearly didn't know where to get the good, the good <laughs> yeah, stuff.
0: <laughs> uh, nonetheless, uh, speaking of cards, Brixton and uh, is obviously continuing to push out mm-hmm. their packs and their sets and whatnot. Um, I. Uh, I, I was asked today if I was going to be in Nashville uh, and able to sign some of the autograph cards, but unfortunately I will not be there. I'm going to be here uh, working this weekend and uh, it sounds like they're continuing to get those all assembled and get, get them out for everybody. I don't know how I feel about the idea of people getting cards with our faces on them. I, I, I don't think I, I don't know that. Does that lower the value of the complete set? <laughs> I don't know, but it, uh, it feels funny. I'll say that much. Uh <laughs> Uh, all right. Buzz Swan says card shops are, to me are for Magic the Gathering. Uh, yeah, I, I, obviously, I think in a in a world that's been transitioned or updated a little bit. Yes, Magic, Pokemon. I mean, there weren't Pokemon cards when you and I were no, Pokemon, 12 years old.
2: Pokemon is 25 years old this year, last year, something okay. like that. I only know because my kid, we c- celebrated, in quotes, the 20th year when he was first kind of getting into it so he was like 7 or 8 he the 20th year and i was thinking all right that was like 20 i'm like 25 yeah i was 20 years old there was no way i was collecting pokemon cards yeah. starting pokemon in college yeah. magic the gathering came out a few years prior to that when we were in high school like okay. the end of high school and mm-hmm. it just wasn't our um it 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 wasn't our thing it would have
0: been more yours than mine uh, if it was anybody's. yeah if it would have been anybody's so it but would have been a little more mine. Def- but even then I, yeah. I
2: i wasn't into like no, not many people were into those type of card games because they didn't really exist other than Magic the Gathering. That was Magic the Gathering is one of the first real kind of collectible card games like that. So, but it never tickled my fancy at the time.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, Captain Moistbeard is saying that Pokemon started in 1996, which meant you and I were gra- just graduating uh, high school at yeah. that time. All right. Uh, so anyway, I wow. I clearly sidetracked as mm-hmm. you would expect, but yeah, that's that's how I, I'm a Cubs fan, uh, <laughs> <laughs> way back when. And to be fair, well, again, because I was I was, just like you said about Wade Boggs, Mark Grace was you know this incredible first uh, first mm-hmm. baseman. Ryan Ryan Sandberg was actually like Ryan Sandberg. This is kind of funny. Ryan Sandberg to me was the is the Ontario rock of of collecting in that he was the one card I specifically always would seek out and could never acquire mm-hmm. enough of. That's how I feel about nineties Ontario rocks. Like I've, I've got tens of thousands of cards just like Frisbees, but Uh, that's the one card that I would always seek out uh, no matter what. Uh, But, yeah, I remember the Hawk and Ryan Sandberg and Sean Dunstan and, uh, yeah, uh, Joe Girardi, Uh, just all of of those uh, people that played uh, for the Cubs. And then later, as we were just getting into colleges when Sosa came along uh, for the Cubs at least. I saw him play when I went to one of those White Sox games. I think it was his rookie year. Uh, that he played with the White Sox and I think I was yeah. at that game yeah uh, I've got I've, one of those games. I think I've
2: got his game. White Sox rookie card somewhere yeah, maybe Exactly. Um, so. I did look at whether the Brewers were playing the White Sox this year and they mm-hmm. are yeah unfortunately it is an away game for the Brewers they'll be playing in Chicago okay um at can we still call it comiskey Park? You can. That's not the name of it. It's anymore. not anymore. I have no clue what it's called now.
0: I feel like it's a cellular company. It's not AT and T field. I don't know. Someone will tell no, us. No, it's but like
2: I'm gonna still call it comiskey Yeah. There so you go. um, they're at comiskey <laughs> okay. So uh,
0: that's that's uh that's a that's a road trip maybe some it, night. It could be
2: on the uh yeah. It's a it's a obviously a three game series. Just ask
0: if we could like get in the press boxes, do a live podcast, and oh. then, uh,
2: and then <laughs> right after have Dylan come up after he pitches yeah. like. Like oh you missed it tonight huh? Yeah. <laughs> so it's a U.S. Cellular Arena. See, I knew it was a. I knew. It nice was job, a, nice
0: job, Miller. Uh, some kind of, and I knew I don't I don't really want to drive by that. Oh, wait. part of the town.
2: Sun King says U.S. Cellular. Brian is saying Guaranteed Rate Field. Oh it, I I
0: no I don't know. I feel like I've seen both on there. I don't know which one's the current one though. U.S.
2: Cellular, but they changed it to Guaranteed Rate.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. So, now it's, so that means it's Guaranteed Rate now. All right. Anyway, okay. it's
2: Comiskey. So... Uh, yeah, Exactly. So anyway... Was I was
0: it before Comiskey? I don't remember. That was before our time. Yeah, it was... But... It was,
2: again, it'll always be Comiskey. That's true. Um, <laughs> because I was actually looking the other night for Brewer <laughs> games to go to, and I was thinking, oh, wow, like... Like, it'd right, be really cool to go see Dylan mm-hmm. pitch if he's coming to town. And just... I wasn't even sure if the Brewers were going to play the White Sox this year because... Sure. Interleague or whatever. And But they are, unfortunately, not... Not where I would need, where I would probably prefer to go on the south side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Just a hike to go see a game. Yeah. Way easier to do it here.
0: <laughs> yeah. The 15 minutes to get there from here. Yeah. That, yeah. That yeah. Makes more sense. Uh, Ryan Pilcher gives us the updates. The cell was a decent nickname for it. Guaranteed rate just doesn't do much for me. I mean, you're talking to a couple of people that live down the road from American Family Field. How, mm. how... Uncool and unsexy. Does that sound?
2: Yeah, Miller Park is so much better. Yeah, as a name, uh, I totally yeah. agree. <laughs> yeah. Just like no to, to me, I and under, I understand like for basketball, we had the Bradley Center,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and nobody knows what Bradley is outside of like Milwaukee. Sure, it, you know, yep. a huge philanthropist,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and now it's Pfizer Forum.
0: Yeah, Pfizer Forum,
2: which, which I don't think is a horrible name. Because it kind of it rolls off. And how many forums do you have? Sure. And So I don't mind the Fiserv, Fiserv forum, even though it's a little difficult to
0: say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ryan, uh, before uh, so Miller Park was brand new. It was literally built right next door, or it wasn't even a street. It was literally hundreds of it, feet away from. It the was previous. on the on the other side of yeah. the parking it, lot. It, it was called County Stadium, as in Milwaukee County Stadium. And fun fact that maybe millions of you know or don't: uh, Major League was shot, even though that was, of course, the Indians. Major League was all shot at County Stadium. So uh, Bob Eucher was, so to speak, in on his home turf, very much so, uh, while playing the part. But the f- actual footage of Major League, Charlie Sheen and the whole crew, what that was all County Stadium. And I know a couple of people that were extras in that movie uh, way back in the day. Again, that was a little bit before. Uh, I mean, we shouldn't have been watching it. Let me put it that way. When that movie came out... oh. I'm sure it was rated R, and we you yes. were probably 10. I, I bet that came out in '88, uh, something like that. Because <laughs> I'm gonna do the math.
2: We're we're watching movies with my son now, uh, trying to bring in. So we started with. I think we started 39. with nine. I think we started with Ferris Bueller. Okay, so that, that one at least isn't rated R. Correct. That that no, and we're not. And but this is where I was thinking. Like I grew up watching Major League. Yeah. And. I was probably, yeah, it came out in 89.
0: So we were 10 or 11
2: or 11. And I had the cassette tape because there was like three or four movies. We watched just a ton of, it was uh, major league, a bad, bad horror movie called the gate. Um, and Goonies. Those are the three tapes that I think rotated inside of our VHS player all the time. And so I watched a lot of major league, and so now we're, we're 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 I'm trying to find movies to watch with our my son. So we watched uh, Ferris Bueller, held up great. Watched Willow, I thought it held up really well. And then we watched um, E.T., which again held up. It was awesome. I mean, it's still a good movie, but yeah, lots of. Uh, I, I was thinking, I'm like, God, Major League would be fun. Mm-hmm. He's not a sports guy at all, my kid. Sure. But it's. Kind of goes beyond that, yeah. <laughs> and and it but it's still it's still still in. not really no. We, we even, even have been at, watching even it, at thirteen, did. I'm like
0: eh, maybe uh, just maybe I'll have about better that movie. Honestly, maybe I'll have chuckle. better choices than my parents. <laughs> yeah, it makes me chuckle, and I feel like I need uh, to go watch it now. Uh, all right, I, so here's what I, I will quickly. Uh, first of all, someone says Terry, I heard you're purchasing RV, moving next door to Macbeth at the Grand Canyon. No. I won't be. Um, Brooksville is 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 nice. I looked it up. It's about nine thousand people. I guess ten to fifteen earlier tonight. So I looked it up. It's nine thousand people. It's obviously relatively small. Uh, great community and all. Number one, number one recommendation. I cannot say this enough. Delhi World. Go to Delhi World. I ended up going there last year. <laughs> Delhi World. I went there last year just on a whim. Randomly grabbed this place that. As I was running around, great sandwich, just unbelievable sandwich. And I was like, I think I remembered it being really good. So myself and my buddy Paul went there this year, not Paul Macbeth, a different Paul, my cameraman, Paul. And sure enough, just blown away when we went there during uh, the, the first day of competition, which was Friday. So good, in fact. We went back Saturday. We both got the same sandwiches. Wow. Uh, really enjoyed it. And then we were, of course, disappointed when the woman told us that they were closed on Sunday. Otherwise, we would have went back for a third day. Mm. Um, just great sandwiches. So Deli World is, uh, is the place to go. But I will not be buying any any uh, RVs in Florida. I, I told you the heat, the heat was a little bit too much already this weekend, and it's only going to get hotter. So I'm going to pass on that. Uh, somebody, of course, because he, he has to stir up uh, controversy and drama or is looking for it at least, and he likes to be a, a jerk in his own right, but Disc Blaster does ask the question, uh, as a couple others actually did too. Uh, I, I don't know if – let me find the right way it was worded. Something to the effect of uh, the Lynn's uh, Twins, otherwise known as Sister's, uh this weekend they finished there was I, I, there's no spoilers about it at this point uh they finished in second and third and of course there's a lot of conversation Natalie Ryan eligible per PDGA rules to play in an A tier uh with the rules and the standards that were set forth earlier l- late last year early this year uh she's not eligible to compete at uh elite series and majors she is eligible to compete at A tiers and below. We saw her playing at the uh, Memorial, of which uh, I had obviously covered, uh, and then this weekend competed at Throwdown the Mountain. Incredibly tight battle. Uh, I, there are multiple times throughout the weekend you had no idea who was possibly going to win this, uh, and and then and then everyone gets to hole eighteen, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to spoil it a little. You see everywhere I. Th- I don't know if there was any threes in FPO. Everywhere from fours to twelves. I get it. It's a daunting closing hole. Yeah. I get that. And I'm talking the entire division. We saw everything from fours to twelves. And you're talking about professionals that have been playing for a long time and everything in between. And so hole 18 always provided additional drama. And, And Ellen said it best. Uh, on one of the coverages, she said, yeah, you always know 18's looming. It's 17's a difficult hole and 18 played as the most difficult hole. And it's always looming. And obviously you need it to close out your round, no matter how good or bad the round is going, you have to get through 18. When it was all said and done, uh, it was a very close battle during the final round um, uh, between Morgan and Natalie. And uh, that ended up going into a playoff and then was ultimately uh, taken down by Natalie. Obviously, the Internet is the Internet, and there's a lot of conversation about it. I ask that people have civil discourse about it. I don't think that's crazy to ask. And I ask if you don't want to be civil about it, that's okay too. I just I wish you would take it to your platform, wherever that is. Not on on your YouTube comments. There are so many places to voice your opinion. And I'm not telling you you can't have an opinion. And I'm not even telling you your opinion's wrong. I'm just telling you that there are are endless places for you to have your conversation that you want to lead and be uh, passionately about on both sides. I just ask that it doesn't consume and eat up all of the YouTube comment section because... It doesn't need to be there. You, you're so many places. If if you have a unique or original take or voice on this, I, I it's, implore you to use it. But go use it, it elsewhere. In general, I find it
2: amusing that people would not necessarily comment, but like that people go back and forth on YouTube comments, like a like a thread almost.
0: Like yeah, that's it's just like, it's not the platform for that. In general, but people you, think because you can post. Uh, then, yeah. then it is the platform because it accepts comments and I get it. I, I mean, it's no secret that YouTube comments are some of the most vile places on the internet. And I understand that um, again, I'm not, I'm not telling people they can't have an opinion. I, I wish people would understand that. I'm not telling you what opinion you should have. I just ask that hmm. y- you don't, I'll, I'll say clutter up that if, if you're going to get personal and nasty on either side of the conversation. Cause we know everybody can get nasty on both sides of the conversation for or against her playing uh, in FPO. I just ask that you bring it to your Facebook profile, bring it to your Twitter code better yet, best yet. If you love it and think this is the place for it, start your own YouTube channel, C- click on your computer, hit live and talk about it. I'm, I support that. I fully support that. So that's what all I'm going to say about it. Uh, well, I think in, what I in think terms think... of it is. it, it is. It's been amusing that some people um, want to click on it just to tell me that they're not going to watch it. And, and that's fine, too. Uh, lead your own
2: life. <laughs> that's the best comment. I commented here to tell you I'm not watching this. Um, that
0: That's fine, too. It, I, I think what that's, be... uh, let me just real clarify. Sure. Some somebody I think literally just posted minutes ago, maybe on on one of them, and uh, I'll use this as an example. Call him up. Name? Um, <laughs> no, I'll use this thing as, as an example. Uh, maybe I can't find it. I maybe this is a bad time for an example if I don't have it handy. But it essentially said, "I don't agree with the decision that uh, Natalie can play an FPO." What what's so uncivil about that? And I didn't reply, but I'm thinking in my head. That's not uncivil. That's fine. Now, if you if you suggest that somebody should go harm themselves or somebody else should go do something drastic or that's just, you know, uh, over the line and, of course, over the line subjective to everybody, that's what I'm just asking you not do on my channel in any given direction. Civil discourse can happen. I, I think we've said that a hundred times on the show. Civil discourse, I am good with it happening. Just... Civil is the key word there, right? And and discourse—it's almost impossible. That's the problem on
2: on, with with this type of thread on this platform. I will say, there's—I have seen a lot of civil discourse about it. Uh, It's just not necessarily on YouTube in a comment section. It's not the place where it tends to happen. What I want people to do, Terry, is not comment on it. Comment somewhere else and link to your video. Mm, I think that's the that best move. Like, I hey, like I really Absolutely. dislike this video and link it. I like that. Make sure you link it. Yes. Share, link, subscribe. <laughs> Share, link, subscribe and tell people how much, how bad this is for whatever reason you think it's bad or good. Yeah. Just, I mean, just. Do 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 us a favor and do that. That that actually works uh, often as um, well. So that's what you should pin on your next comment. If you dislike <laughs> this, please let people know she and comment and share.
0: So that's uh. Uh, that is that. Um, Natalie's playing by the rules that are in front of her, and I completely understand that that people are still frustrated by that. And if you want to, if you want to uh, address the PDJ. That's fine. Um, they're the ones that are making the rules. People are running tournaments. Mike Barnett, uh, I'm sure, took some pressure, some heat uh, this weekend. Mike Barnett is running a PDGA A-tier event that, uh, it, that is eligible for Natalie to play in. Mike Barnett is doing his diligence as a tournament director. I'm doing my diligence as a contracted videographer, editor, and commentator. Mm-hmm. I, these are all of our jobs and we're all playing by the rules that are set forth in front of us i understand a lot of people dislike the rules but i've also said a million times let's argue about the policy or the rules instead of the person and i think that gets us a lot uh closer to uh well civil discourse so well no. there you go um Yes, Galactic Conqueror says, yep, if you feel strongly, then please contact the PDGA and be productive. Otherwise, play on. That's another good way to put it. Thumbs Uh, up
2: on that comment. Yeah,
0: I I think that's a great way to put on it. Terry, do we have anything else going on? Yes. What do we have? It is, believe it or not, a very, very (laughs) special day. It is the nine-year... Anniversary, as of midnight here on on the 5th of April, is the nine-year anniversary of Smashbox TV's first ever live disc golf broadcast. I, I got a kick
2: out of something on Reddit. I don't know if you saw it or not. Someone had made a post, hey, don't complain about DGN when we had to live through this. And it was a video of, I think, one of our first broadcasts. It might might have been our... Uh, I don't know if it was our first. But it had a giant legacy logo in the upper right-hand corner. Yep. And I looked at it and i went, like, wow. Yeah, it could have been any one of our first five broadcasts. Exactly. I was, yeah. I was like, damn, we had that. That logo was big. They like, got their money's worth. They definitely got their money's worth. And... On our live broadcast, it had all of the camera information, like someone had hit a display button, nice. and so it had, like, battery power and all... We like, wanted to update the plug that we make, wanted to keep the world informed. We wanted everyone to know what white balance we were at. <laughs> and I, I
0: laughed. On our uh, single camera. On our single camera. On cam- our single camera and operator. And someone
2: nailed the camera, too. Someone's like, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's, that's an XA10. I'm like... You're right. It was an XA10, a
0: Canon yeah. XA10. I don't well, know. Was that maybe on the description as well?
2: I didn't see it, but maybe maybe it was. And I briefly looked at it. So I got a chuckle out of that. And, and I, I laughed. I said, yeah, that brings me back to the good old days. Back when we had like a 15 second delay between what we were seeing and what the cameramen were showing us, which is why that stays up for so long. Because when it comes up, I don't know for 15 seconds. Yeah. So it's th- then when I finally see it, I have to tell Terry, who's probably or whoever's filming, like, "Hey, can you hit that that display button again?" Um, it kind of came up, uh, hoping we weren't running running out of batteries at the at the time as well, yeah. which we were. So I got a really good kick out of that that Reddit thread and some and of course some people were jerks, like just because it was bad then doesn't mean it can't be bad now. I took it as a compliment that look how look how far we've come, and look at the humble beginnings, moving on to now. I, 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 I laughed at it. I did not take any offense to it yeah. at all. Yeah.
0: If they only knew it was three people, one camera, <laughs> uh, and a and a six hundred dollar bleeding budget compared to the uh <laughs> <laughs> to the eight or ten cameras plus drones and, and gimbals and twenty two people and, you know, twenty thousand dollar budget a day or whatever the F it is. Uh yes, it it has come a long way, albeit not perfect still, but it has it has come a long long nine, way. So nine nine times. times nine, yeah, nine years, years today. Uh, was uh it was of course out in California, Veterans Park, the Silmar Open. Uh the it was a C tier. Of course we filmed a C-tier. Why wouldn't you? Uh, why wouldn't you? They're the only ones that probably
2: led, and it was sponsored by Legacy. And they were,
0: yeah, it was sponsored. Uh, Legacy, shout out as always, not just today, but mm. so many days, uh, renting that incredibly expensive live backpack so that we could host, uh, we could do the live broadcasting. And uh, they wrote a check, and that allowed us to rent the unit uh, for ultimately five weekends, We and then we were live for four of them. Four out of five weekends. It, it, it was a
2: one month. Broadcast. It was a one month rental that we stretched for the five week month. <laughs> yeah. Because <Yeah. laughs> you had uh, it from like whatever, like April 1st through May 1st or whatever. And yeah. we found one with five weekends yeah. and we covered four out of five weekends. Yes. Uh,
0: ah. the, the, the events we covered that I traveled to all of which. Do you mm-hmm. remember them? Silmar. Silmar the first weekend. We went to uh,
2: Bowling Green. Yeah, bowling green ams. Ams because, bowling green ams. <laughs> because why
0: wouldn't we film bowling green ams? <laughs> uh
2: the uh uh the the one in Illinois, the uh, battle uh, not battle at Bedford. Um
0: yeah, that course of place didn't exist yet. No. Um didn't we do one in Illinois. Close. Il- close. Yeah, partially. Yes, technically. We filmed the rumble. The rumble, that's which what it is was. right in the Quad Cities of Illinois yeah, the rumble. and and uh, in uh, Indiana, uh, Iowa. And then so didn't we not we, the Rumble. And then didn't we do the Minnesota Am Championships? Minnesota Am Championships, where we first met Jordan Castro, along with a number of others. Mm-hmm. Uh, so four out of five weekends, we were live at those four different events. And How much did we charge for that? Uh, <laughs> zero, zero. <laughs> zero. How much did we lose? Oh, God. Thousands. Uh, and... For for the bonus question that some of you might remember, the Bowling Green Ams was special not only because it was the Bowling Green Ams and nobody had covered amateurs live uh, at that point. <laughs> Why did we Our do this? final round because we wanted the practice. I, I rode in a fucking uh, greyhound. I know. I rode in know. the back of a bus to get down there to save every penny just to get down there carrying all of the equipment with me. Uh, Multiple buses on a Greyhound to go from Wisconsin down to Bowling Green, Kentucky, 13 hours away in a car. And when it was all said and done and we filmed the finals, we had myself and Avery Jenkins. Commentating. Commentating. We had Simon Lazat the he, day before do whole previews help us did whole previews where he threw the shot we filmed it talked about it and used that as a whole preview drones weren't uh, drones didn't even exist at that time and Jamie Thomas who works now f- for Disc Golf Network uh was our cameraman
2: so i mean we can basically take credit for Simon <laughs> uh, maybe not Avery but uh Jamie Thomas
0: yeah and i paid Jamie Thomas I bought a pitcher of beer for him and uh, for, for the three of us. I think that was the payment was a pitcher of beer for us to be live uh, for that final nine out in the middle of some field in the back of a bar. Yeah. Which I don't. It wasn't a normal course at that time. That was how Bowling Green went. I, I just I will ne- never forget it. That was also the day. As I talked about it hours ago, it was also the day Jamie Thomas told me of like where audio levels are supposed to be at for YouTube videos. I was like, Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> I had no idea. I had never treated uh, a single video for audio in any, I'd never even looked at the audio levels. Uh, and he was telling me the the threshold in which you should try to, to shoot for, to get into your audio mm-hmm. levels. So what did I say today in Instagram? We're always learning. We are always, always learning. learning. So that was uh was it the Waba Waba bar? I it was where they just had the finals that year so this was uh, again um 2014 and it was like a bar and then I feel like literally it just felt like there were some holes out in the the back area of it. And that sounds about right. Wa- the Waba bar. It was not like Keriakos or White Park or any of the courses that I actually knew. Mm-hmm. It was it felt like, like I don't a, think a they field. Were temp. Yeah, yeah. They, I don't think it was a temp course, but it definitely was uh relatively open. So uh yeah, uh, yeah, final nine course was behind it. Well, there you go. That was probably it. So there you go, folks. Uh, a little trip down memory lane and in 365 days or whatever our Tuesday night is a year from now, we'll probably tell the same stories, but those are Absolutely, the most uh, crazy humble building blocks. Yeah, just uh, God. It would be, <laughs> just think if we would have just quit, just...
2: which a lot of people told us to do. <laughs> yes,
0: that's very <laughs> why,
2: true. Why are you showing me this crap? And uh, I mean, to be fair, uh, Disc Golf Planet was kind of doing the bigger events, like the the majors, so to speak, mm, and the and yeah, a few or, the entrants too. Yeah, a few of the NTs.
0: Um, and it. Yeah, you know, Our oh, production rivaled what they were doing, correct? For we, the most part, yeah. And we were doing it on a fraction of the budget, like Gee, literally fractions hundreds of dollars compared to tens of thousands. And um, yeah, because I
2: think at the time we had heard that they were charging like fifteen or twenty thousand to cover like worlds,
0: which we we. We didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were well. We were also trying to to cut our teeth and do whatever we exactly. could to get started. So so funny. Uh, those were. I, it's just
2: interesting to think where where would we be if we hadn't done that? Would somebody else have picked up picked up live? Would Planet kept kept going? Would my, and,
0: maybe my personal YouTube channel would actually be bigger and thriving because I prob- went to I went probably. to diverted you know uh, all that split attention, split so much attention into live and essentially you know pack up pack up my channel for six or nine months out of the year and and not ever cared about live. Well, Joe Miss thanks you for that. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it! Patreon.com slash Smashbox
2: TV. You can be eligible for... You can make
0: up for all the money we lost a decade ago. (laughs) (laughs) You can
2: support (laughs) our podcast. The only way we support this podcast is through Patreon.com. So we want to say thank you to everybody who is a Patreon supporter. Um, All you people at the $1 level and up who get access to all the giveaways. $2 level and up who get access to um, – sorry, who get your name put on the broadcast at the end. $3 and up who get our yearly support disc. Speaking of which, I need to talk to you about that, Terry. We have a few people that um, are are possibly looking for a 2020 disc, one person. Anyway, so we might have to dig that out of the uh, archives. And uh, $5 and up and gets you one of the uh, on the custom mini here in the in the studio and your and your picture Hi right guys, <laughs> and your picture uh, at the beginning of the show. Oh, they got uglier. No, they stayed the same age here. You got older. <laughs>
0: ah, damn it.
2: Yeah, those don't age, which is kind of funny. Oh, that's good. Yeah, look them. how young you look in one of those. <laughs> uh, anyway, patreon.com slash Smashbox TV. If you want to help support we tonight have eligible. Oh, the other thing, you know what you get when you're a Patreon supporter? You get your own custom feed to the podcast with no ads. Dang. Unlike the millions of dollars we're making in ads now. Yes. Not true. I, we, we still have not really earned a, almost a single penny. I need to contact their <laughs> we support. We got to make up for uh, that too. 150 people eligible for tonight's giveaway, Terry Miller. All righty. I am excited. Let's refresh the page and we're going to go 150. Do, 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 do. Terry, what number should we generate?
0: Oh, it's the fifth. The fifth uh, number. If, yep, the fifth number, April fifth, one
2: fifty. All right. So the first number is one forty-five. Second number is seventy-two. Third number is forty-two. Fourth number is sixty-three. Terry, are we going higher or lower than sixty-three? Higher. God, you just never take a risk. I'm going to go lower. <laughs> And 147, I was right. Um, (laughs) Number 147, clearly, I I nailed it. How'd you sort them? Uh, By email address. So at the very bottom, his email address starts with a W, um, but it's Mike Schwartz.
0: Heck yeah, it is.
2: Congratulations, Mike Schwartz. I like it. Mike, we'll reach out to you. I think we have your address here because you... uh, you're you're a higher level supporter that puts their address in there so thank you very much for that. Yeah, um, we
0: will double check that we have your correct
2: address yep. and we'll get you uh, we'll get you one of the disks. I, I think that's what we have right now. Yeah, I think I think it's a disk
0: night. So, congratulations, congratulations Mike. We very much appreciate it. Yeah, I mean Spock, Heiser, Spock ha- Hauser uh, said it right. I mean, it might be a six-time world champion Terry Miller if we, if we could be living in had I just you that's know get my focus instead of this media BS that's true you should have kept that's your where the focus. real money would have been for me
2: am champ master pro <laughs> masters championships. Uh, I don't know no no we missed that boat we
0: yeah and we missed that the, I mean that boatload it, of money
2: even if we were really good in our day and you I mean you were solid you were a solid player you weren't you were never like world champion caliber sorry tear um but even if you were you know look at the guys like who won world championships back then? Obviously, Emac doing great, mm-hmm. but you've got people like a Cam Todd and a Ron Russell, you know, even Climo. Who, you know, he had an interview with uh, with the Tour Life guys. You know, they're they're not raking in the cash. So even had you been phenomenal, Terry. Yeah, I didn't know. want that early money. That's good. You you wanted to save up for that late, yeah, big, yeah. media I, money. I, I, um, you knew where it was I, at.
0: I've just been holding off to cash in on this Patreon action um, mm. weekly. That's that's what I'm here for. And we very much appreciate it. Uh, right. Uh, some cut my first ever live show. Just got to work in the morning here, even though it's the last few seconds. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks for joining, even though we're about to close things out. Yep. Um, could have could have stole one from Climo and Schultz and early McBath. Nah, not not so much. Uh, Barry Schultz was already unbeatable He's, here in Wisconsin. Yeah, he was beating and, us up. And, yeah, he was beating us. I had to play against the, the one or twice, once or twice. I know at least one specific time. I played in a tournament in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. One of our Wisconsin events, bigger Wisconsin events at the time. I finished second, and it legitimately felt like I won the tournament because you beat all the normal people, right? Mm-hmm. Like you didn't plan to beat Barry, and I, I, I will never forget that feeling of like, yeah, I kind of feel like I won. I, I, I got two hundred and fifteen dollars for second. And he got three forty-five or whatever it was, probably, but. I felt like I genuinely won the tournament.
2: I felt really great. The like the one time I played in Mad City and I tied him for a round. For a round. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> I tied I him. For... Remember that. And then the next round we played together and he beat me <laughs> by I think by like eighteen strokes. <laughs> I think he what shot about like... the
0: back nine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think he shot like eight down at high stand and I shot like eight over That's and just which and again eight over was not a great score. Eight no. under is a good score. But eight, eight over was, you know, <laughs> I'll say I didn't go home crying at eight over, but it was like, not great. But Barry <laughs> eh, beat me by like, you know, 16 strokes or whatever it was. So that sounds, that that's sounds, uh, that's accurate. about right.
0: Uh, GPO studio says, uh, please tell me third place finisher was named Larry or something. Barry Terry Larry podium uh no i don't think uh i
2: larry Ast would have taken not their, larry their...
0: Ast. not larry kemp in he wasn't nope. playing enough at that point he's still playing amateur uh what other larry's did we not larry wright didn't play disc nope. golf uh here in in wisconsin at that time uh yeah i don't think there was a larry my dad didn't play it's that. probably like
2: new house or something
0: uh yeah or uh yeah or one of the Budzines
2: or something Budzine, like or maybe a drummond
0: uh there was no and we didn't have any Garys either that were doing it there was <laughs> shoot, I don't remember what it was, but i got it i got a there was a <laughs> one of the comments that came in uh yesterday on my page on some of the m p o coverage was uh, something to the effect of uh my dad's name is also Terry. And he doesn't make me as happy as you do with this coverage <laughs> or something. I, 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 it was something along uh, those lines. And, and uh, trust me when I say it gave me a good chuckle. So I, I certainly appreciate that. Uh, and no, we didn't have any Harrys. All right, guys. Uh, I, I think that's about it. I think it's been a pretty solid night of uh, <laughs> a lot of story time about baseball but uh, and baseball cards. But nonetheless... Brixton cards, get them. Get them while they're hot. Disco throw right. tour cards, get them while they're hot. I, right. I do see a lot of excitement coming out about those, and that is kind of what led me off and on a tangent.
2: When you cards. get one of our cards,
0: take a photo, show it, share it. <laughs> yes. Uh, before you use it as kindling, right? Um, before you put it in your bike spoke. <laughs> there you go. That's That's how they're still doing it. Uh yeah, Terry, open the door. Go Giants. Alright, don't get silly. If you don't got Will the thrill Clark and Kevin Mitchell, uh mm. you, you don't have a team. That's what I'll say. That's all that matters when it comes to the Giants and F that uh Barry Bonds fella. For Johnny V, I'm Terry Miller, the disc golf guy. That's a little trip down memory lane nine years ago today, Smashbox, and uh guys, we seriously wouldn't be here without you guys. Some of your constructive criticisms Some of them not so constructive, (laughs) uh, but one way or another, uh, we've been here and uh, we do it because we love the game and we love all of you guys. And we hope we bring you at least a slice of entertainment and a little bit of uh, disc golf knowledge to you. I'm the disc golf guy. That's Johnny V. We'll see you next week when you step inside the Smashbox.
3: Planning for your next trip?